Thank you for tuning in to the Victory is Greater Than the Struggle in Ex-Lesbian Podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. So today we are doing a Q&A. So the past 24 hours, we have asked people to submit in questions via Instagram. Quick plug. Check me out on Instagram. We do a lot of stuff on there um, as far as stuff where, where it's interactive. You can ask me questions. I answer right back, okay? So we did this thing where we asked you guys to submit your answers for a Q&A that will be done today. So today I'm going to answer some of the questions that you guys, my subscribers, have submitted. Now, in regards to homosexuality, this is my base, okay? When it comes down to what I do, let's start off with the first question. What is love at the cross, right? I know that you're in ministry, blah, 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 but what exactly do you do? Okay, what I do, what I specialize in is uh, the area of uh, deliverance of homosexuality in the sense of um, God delivered me from homosexuality And he brings me people who he is dealing with to help walk them through their, um, the ups and downs, the confusion of, of walking out of that lifestyle into freedom with Christ Jesus, wholeness in Christ Jesus, just beginning to walk out your faith. Now, when it comes down to getting rid of any sin, or when it comes down to following God, you have to walk with people. You should walk with people who are fellow believers who have been through some of the stuff you've been through and they can let you know the pitfalls that you're going to find in front of you along the way. And they're going to let you know all of the tactics of the enemy because none of this stuff is new under the sun. Satan has done this over and over and over again. And so when I get these questions from you guys, it's the same questions over and over and over again. People who are struggling with homosexuality uh, submit questions to me. People who God is delivering and they're just like, oh, how do I uh, walk this out in my daily life? How do... How do I make this stuff practical? How do, I, how do I make the word of God practical in my everyday life? That's what I'm here for, okay? God did it for me. He can do it for you. And I am trying to be what I wanted um, when, when God was helping me to walk this thing out. I needed people alongside me to help encourage me to say, you know what? God can do it. God did it. And what the enemy is doing right now Don't worry, he won't prevail. I've seen it before. Just keep walking, Jessica. Keep moving with me. That is what I'm here to do for you, okay? And people who contact me are people who um, are struggling with homosexuality and maybe they aren't sure um, if they want to follow God or not. Uh, There are people who God has touched and talked to and they're like, yes, I'm ready to lay down this lifestyle and follow the path that God has for me. And then there's people that I speak to and their parents, right? Their parents and they're just like, man, I found out that my kid is gay. What do I do, right? And I'm here to help the parents walk out uh, uh, Jesus's footsteps, the the love that he lavished on, on people towards their children, to show them how to love their children in spite of the decisions that their children may be making, how to be Jesus in these situations. Because how many of you guys know that a lot of times when parents find out that their kid's gay, they lose it, right? They totally lose it. 
Um, maybe there's whoopings going around. I'm taking everything. And then the verbal abuse, that's disgusting. How could you? Blah, 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 blah. Man, I understand that. Been there, done that. I've been a victim of that. That sucks. And that's crushing. And a lot of times that pushes people away from the loving arms of Jesus Christ when parents really want to just bring them to God, right? But they don't know how. So what we do at Love of the Cross I do one-on-one mentoring with people who contact me and who are struggling with homosexuality. Does it cost anything? No, it does not. If you want to donate to the ministry, I greatly would appreciate it because this stuff, you know, I'm doing um, on my own time with on 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 um on my own dime a lot of the times. And so if you want to donate to the ministry, I'd greatly appreciate it. But I do not charge people to to speak with me at all. I'm just a person speaking to another person about the love of God and what he's done in my life. And I'm here to encourage you uh, along your journey in the same. Um, also, Love at the Cross, we have conferences. We had one last year. It was phenomenal. And also YouTube uh, and also my podcast. So my podcast is the same information that I put on YouTube as well. So all of that stuff is one and the same, okay? Um, And also I published a book. My book, it's called An Unconventional Love Letter to the LGBTQ Community by myself, Jessica Newsom, okay? You can find that on Amazon or you can go to Westbo Press Publishing and get it there as well. What else do I do? Um, I write opinion editorials for Charisma Magazine, and I love uh, doing that. I do that twice a month. Okay, let's move on to the good stuff, the nitty-gritty. The second question is this. How do you actively love people that that disagree with your theology? Okay, so I'm assuming this is coming from a church, okay? I have a church name on here. So the question is, how do you actively love people who disagree with the word of God, which says that homosexuality is a sin? So this goes straight to the fact that the church is split. The church is split when it comes down to, is homosexuality permissible via like, like it's okay by the word of God. So people can be homosexual, live homosexual lifestyles and it's okay with God, you still go to heaven, or is it sinful, and this is something that separates you from eternity with God, right? How do you uh, uh, wade those waters? First, you need to stand on your convictions. Don't waver. Do not waver. Do not buckle under pressure because following God needs to be more important than following man. Following God needs to be our first priority. Unfortunately, a lot of the times church becomes um, just about politics after a while. It becomes, it sometimes churches begin to look <clears throat> more like a business, although they are 501c3 nonprofits. Um, you could see sometimes the whole hierarchy um, politics game that's kind of going on in churches. And so it, it, it comes down to pleasing and appeasing the top. And that trickles down, right? And so sometimes you have people, staff members, who might agree with the word of God and say, you know what? I know this is wrong, but there's other people on my staff, people that are higher up than I am, right? And they don't want us saying that it's sin. 
They don't want us mentioning that um, this is wrong in any way. You know what? Even when referring to God, never say he. Don't just, just say God. Don't throw in a pronoun. We have people coming out, you know, just saying these things. I'm hearing these things from um, people who work at churches and it's so unfortunate. But the question is, what do you do? First, you stand on your convictions. You know that what is sin is sin, okay? You can't be wavered by the theology of people who twist the word of God to try to fit their lifestyle or uh, however they want to appease the masses. Because sometimes it's about appeasing and pleasing the people versus pleasing God. So when it comes down to dealing with people who disagree with your theology, I think that sometimes we have to know that it's okay to disagree. I think that we have to, I think that we have to be wise in this. So if someone, you can tell that someone is just going to be defensive. They aren't ready to hear the truth. They might be in a homosexual relationship and they might go to your church, right? And they might not even know or understand that it's wrong, okay? You need to, one, listen to the Holy Spirit, not your flesh, when it comes down to ministering to someone, okay? Because sometimes when you say something, but you say it at the wrong time or your tone is harsh and your feelings is in it, and you're really super direct, sometimes that can do damage because that person, I'm not telling you that you need to put on kid gloves and you need to, you know, lay the grace on heavy. I'm not saying that. But, but, but please note this. A lot of times people who struggle with homosexuality, right, maybe they struggle or they have a child or loved one that struggles, um, they have been told very rudely by the church that they're going to hell, it's a sin, or maybe that person isn't welcomed in the church, or maybe they can't serve in the church. So people might be coming to you, uh, uh, the staff member, very defensively. They're coming to you with their walls up, and they're, they're like ready to go. They're ready for you to say something that they think you're going to say, which is something negative, and they're ready to attack. They're ready to pounce, they're, or, or they're ready to just be like, you know what? This isn't the church for me. I'm going somewhere else. So we have to use wisdom in that, number one. I mean, number two, okay? We have to use wisdom. So learning how to speak truth in love and saying the right things at the right time knowing when to back off because it's God that changes the that that changes the hearts of people not us God gives the increase we water so for example if i'm at church and i notice several couples that are same sex um then this has happened before let me just use my my life okay i've worked at a church a phenomenal church and there were couples that were same sex um, at the church. Some of them have heard about me and my testimony, heard about my book. And sometimes you could just tell cause they kind of look at you like that's the girl, right? <laughs> and sometimes they're ready to be defensive. I don't even, I don't say anything. I let people come to me. If I walk by, I smile, I say, Hey, how are you? And I keep moving forward, but God will give this moment, right? This time when it's like, 
okay, you can have a little bit of a conversation. And sometimes that conversation is just a general conversation, not bringing up the issue, right? It's not focusing on the issue because we have so many other issues that we struggle with. So the one that you see every Sunday shouldn't be the main focal point of discussion, okay? And so sometimes it's just regular conversation that I would have with anybody. And that's showing, <clears throat> that's showing them the love of God right there. You just being nice and open and acting very friendly, that is showing the love of God. That is saying, I'm not here to beat you up over, over the stuff that you struggle with, right? I'm not here to try to force you to change. I'm here to try to love on you. Whether you want it or not, I'm going to love you. And then there's going to be a time when maybe they come up for prayer and they come up to you or they say, Hey, I heard that you wrote a book or Hey, they'll say something. God is giving you an opportunity right there to minister to that person, right? He's giving you the opportunity to minister to that person. And when you minister, don't lay it on thick. Don't give them an entire semester's worth of theology of why homosexuality is wrong. A lot of times they have already gained bits and pieces of the book knowledge. Okay. The problem isn't always a lack of knowledge. The issue oftentimes more than likely 99.9% of the time, the issue is the head knowledge, not becoming a heart revelation. So that stuff that they know, or that they heard, it hasn't trickled down to their heart. Maybe their, their heart is still hardened and they aren't ready to let God in. Been there, done that, right? So you have to, God, God is the one that, 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 that gives the increase. He's the one that's going to grow them. He's softening them. That's not your job. Okay. To, to, to try to force that growth. Okay. And so when I am asked about this topic, then a lot of times I'll give a little bit about my testimony, but let's say not everyone has my testimony. So as a, a Christian who has never experienced um, same-sex uh, attraction and been involved in homosexuality, then the conversation might be something to the effect of, you know what, if this is something on, well, first off, the Bible says that, you know, homosexuality is a sin, but I know that that is very controversial in the church. So I could tell you it is, I could tell you it isn't. You won't be satisfied until God deals with your heart. So when it comes down to that, what I would say is don't focus on the sin because that apparently seems to be this big focal point in your life the big sin that is so prominent in front of you and you keep battling it or it, you keep dealing with the fact of not knowing that it's right or wrong in this place of confusion, right? So don't focus on the sin. Don't focus on all the things that you're struggling with. Just focus on developing a relationship with God because what comes from that is change. The byproduct of focusing on God and letting go of all the stuff you can't fix, put just laying that down and just saying, I just want to know you. I want you to show me 
what your love looks like. I, I want you to love on me, God. I, I want all of that, right? I want to grow in you. A byproduct of growing in him is our sins falling off. God giving us revelational knowledge that, hey, this is wrong. And then all of a sudden they know it in their heart of hearts. That mind uh, stuff, all of that knowledge that they have gained, it becomes a heart revelation. And now it's something that is seated in them. Okay. And so that we water, right? We water that stuff and we're just like, okay, God's dealing with you. Let's dig a little bit deeper in the word of God dealing with this. And so even doing that, it's not about pointing out all the scriptures. It's kind of just talking about, okay, well, where does this root come from? Because some people say, well, I was born this way. I said that. Now I've come to the understanding that, yeah, I was born that way. I was born into sin. I was born into generational curses. So it's helping it's helping people to understand the root, not just the words in, in the Bible, but the root. They have to begin to understand spiritual warfare, demonic forces, the battle that's going on between good and evil for their mind, right? They have to begin to understand where sin comes from. Where's the root? What? Let's start to work backwards as far as, okay, what happened in childhood up to now? And then oftentimes they will begin to see a pattern of thinking or something happened, whatever the case is, that kind of got them to where they are now. So it's unpacking that baggage. Not, and, and, and this calls for people, this calls for the church to walk with these people. Don't be a church that just gives a quick two minute prayer and says, be on your way. Check us out next Sunday. We have to walk with people. We have to do life with people. We have to have fellowship with people. And on that journey, you can help them begin to unpack the baggage as far as why they are the way they are, think the way they think, do the things that they do. This stuff happens over time. Okay. And so if someone is so stubborn and they're just like, you know what? I don't agree with your theology, period. Just say, okay. Have you ever dealt with the screaming toddler, right? You don't start screaming back. They're screaming because they don't know how else to deal with their emotions. You do. You can have peace that surpasses all understanding. You can know that, you know what, they're really battling and struggling with this thing. That's why they're yelling at me right now. And you just say, I hear your frustration. I love you. I'm sorry that we disagree. And you could leave it at that. We aren't going to be able to please everyone and we need to be okay with that. If we get to a place to where we are crippled because we're trying to please man, struggling with people approval, that will be our downfall. Trying to satisfy people around us so that they're happy with us. So they don't write a negative review of the church. So they don't tell people at the church, um, 
that you said this or you said that. We have to really get over the fear of man. I hope that answered your question. Okay, let's go to another question. I love this one. This is one of my favorites. So in Christian faith, you can be gay, just not have gay sex. Okay, I'm going to rephrase that. So being a Christian, can you be gay and just not have gay sex and that be okay with God? Okay. That goes into the gay celibate Christian theology. Okay. That says I, the Christian who happens to be same sex attracted, I have asked God to deliver me. He never did. So I am gay. I'm not going to have sex or be in a relationship with someone of the same sex and I'm going to serve God. Can I still get to heaven? Is this okay? Is this permissible? Am I kind of not in that category of sexual sin because I'm not acting on those thoughts? I'm not involving myself in those relationships. Number one, if, if God in his word said that homosexuality is wrong, but no one could be delivered from it, just don't have sex. I don't know about y'all. That's kind of tough. I mean, we are beings who desire relationships, right? Who desire um, healthy sexual lives, okay? And so, uh, in, in marriage, come on. And so, with that being said, there's some people who might be called to singleness. Your girl is not, okay? And a lot of other people are not. But we try to fit ourselves in that category because we feel like God can't deliver us from homosexuality. Now, before I said yes to God, before I said, God, I'm all in, do what you want. I'm going to walk away from homosexuality because you are totally convicting me. All right. Like before that, I said to God this, I said, look, (laughs) I will never be one of those Christians who is still gay, suppressing their feelings not having gay sex or straight sex because I'm gay and I will serve you, I'm not going to be one of those people because that's not the life I'm trying to live, right? There is no part of me that desires singleness at all. And there's no desire, there's, there's, there's no part of me that desires to fake it till I make it, right? There's no part of me that wants to play this part of pretending to be straight when I'm really not. That's not in me at all, okay? So I told God, I said, look, you're either God of gods and you can deliver me from this because that's the God that I I hear about in the Bible. That's the God that I'm told about, the God that can move mountains, the God that will convict and tell you, hey, this is wrong and I can change that, right? If you allow me, that's the God that I know. That's the God that I'm trying to serve. So any other type of downgraded water version of you, I don't want it. I'm all in for the authentic you, the, the alpha and omega you, the Jehovah Jireh you, the Jehovah Nisi you, the, the Jehovah Shalom you. I'm in it to win it. I'm not trying to serve something dead. I'm trying to serve something living that can deliver me from anything that can equip me to walk this walk 
out with you. God was like, I got you. (laughs) I can do what my word says I can do. There is no power that I lack. And so my yes became my yes. And he just did something on the inside of me that I can't quite explain. People have situations to where God convicts them and then they walk it out and God changes them as they walk it out. There's other people, it's like God does a miracle. They still have to walk stuff out and and, and learn how to... Um, stand in the authority of Christ Jesus and realize the tactics of the enemy that, that tries to get them to go backwards. But God just did something in my life. And it was like, it was like a 180. All of a sudden, it was like my brain switched. All of a sudden, I did not see my girlfriend who was about to be my fiance. All of a sudden, I saw her as a sister instead of a lover. Like, that is not me at all. Okay. That is not who I used to be. I was very promiscuous. And so to, to, to look at a woman and not look at her lustfully was out of my character. And God began to just deal with me and walk, walk, uh, that walk out with me. And I know that God can do it. I know that God can change and deliver some, someone from anything that has them bound. So To answer that question of, can you be a gay celibate Christian? Hmm. I don't think that that is a life or faith or a theology worth following. I don't. I think that we need to change our mind on that in the sense of, you need to begin to you need to believe that God can deliver you from that. I know that you've probably tried and it didn't work, right? But what I have realized in the past when it didn't work, I realized that it didn't work because I wasn't all in. I had one foot here, one foot there, right? I wanted God to change me, but I really didn't want him to. I didn't want to stop drinking, smoking, hanging, hanging out with my friends, going to the clubs, right? All of my friends were pretty much gay. Like I didn't want to give all of that stuff up. I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I wanted my deliverance, but have my friends too. Thinking about that now, how in the world am I going to be delivered from homosexuality and still be so submerged in the LGBTQ and not be tempted? Like that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. Like God wants you to walk in freedom. It doesn't mean that you can't love on people who used to be your friend. I'm not saying that, but so often God will pull you out of that lifestyle, out of that environment so he can work on you because a person still in the environment really struggles with changing because they're still submerged in the ideals thinkings of that environment. Change is extremely hard in that. And there's so many people who fall back into it because they never left that environment to allow God to work on them. Now, God has worked on me. Have I ever walked back in that environment? No, I have not. 
does that mean that I don't have gay friends? I have gay friends. But I don't submerge myself in the culture the way I used to be. Because that's not healthy for me. Why? Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he will always wait for an, uh, the, the perfect opportunity to try to pull you back to who you used to be. Let's say you struggled with drinking, okay? Boom, God delivers you from drinking. You don't want to drink no more. Awesome. You go hang out with people and they've got, you know, alcohol. And they keep going, hey, come on, come on, come on, just drink, have one, have one, have one, loosen up, have fun, have fun, come on, da, da, da. And you're like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But eventually they wear you down, you have one. And you're like, oh, okay, God, God, God delivered me, I just had one. Next thing you know, you're making an, another excuse, another day to have another one. One becomes two. Next thing you know, you're kind of back in that same type of environment and you're allowing yourself to be put in a situation to where one door is cracked open and it leads to other things that you don't want coming into your life. So there's certain things that we have to stay away from. Does that mean that God didn't deliver you? No, God definitely does. But we have to use wisdom as far as the things that we do and where we go in the places the, 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 the people we hang around, right? We have to be careful about those things. So, so people who, who think that a gay celibate Christian lifestyle is it, that is not it at all. That's taking the power out of the whole Bible, the whole Bible, taking the power out of the whole thing saying that, oh, well, God doesn't have the power to do this. Is that Christianity? You have to have the whole Bible in your life. Because if you take one thing out that you think isn't a big deal, then you have to adjust your whole theology towards the Bible. Because if you take the power out of one sin because God didn't do it for you, and you take the power out of that and say, well, it's okay, then you're going to be taking the power out of everything else. Next thing you know, you're going to come to the conclusion that God is not all powerful. You're going to come to the conclusion that, you know what? God is probably like all the other gods of other religions, right? It's a way of thinking. There are people who think, that Christianity is just a way of thinking, but not necessarily living. People think that it is a way of thinking, you know, do all things good, be pure in, in your thought, be, be good to people. Right. Uh, and next thing you know, Christianity turns into Buddhism. They are not one in the same. You can't take a piece out because you struggle with it. You have to allow God to deal with you in that area. All right, guys, went way over time. So we're going to stop right here. I hope that you guys enjoyed the questions uh, um, and the answers that I gave. As usual, hit me up um, on my website, www.loveatthecross.com. And you could find the email button there. Email me. It's loveatthecross.rgv at gmail.com. And also, if you want to donate to the ministry, go to the website, click the donate button, um, and you can give there. I love you guys. I thank you guys for tuning in. And the, if this has edified you at all, please share it uh, on one of your social media platforms. I'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom.